gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. We love our second Thursdays when we go to New Mexico and find out what to experience. We get to chat with innkeepers who are all part of the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. So I encourage you to go to the website, nmbba.org. So when you think about New Mexico, we know it's the land of enchantment. So what do we think about winter? Well, there's all kinds of festivals. We talked about that last month, but there's also all kinds of outdoor experiences from skiing to bird watching. And our next two guests joining us are going to tell us all about it. We have Becky O'Connor back on the show. Her and her husband, Michael, own and run Casitas de Gila guest houses in Gila near New Mexico. Um, well, I would say near Silver City, New Mexico. Go to casitasdehila.com. And that's with a G, right? The Gila is with a G, Becky. Welcome it back. It is. Absolutely. Yes. So not a gila. Very much. I nice say. to see you, Lisa. You too. You too. And everyone, uh, Becky and uh, the Grand uh, the Hacienda Estate, uh, you guys are all, yes. and the Adobe Pines and Inn are all featured up from Taos in our Quality of Life magazine. So everybody check that out. It's a front cover story. Also, our latest issue of Eat, Drink, Be Merry magazine also covers the food and flavors of New Mexico. So we're getting so many good conversations with you guys. Uh, you know, you innkeepers are amazing at knowing everything in in the area of what people can see and do and, and experience in uh, New Mexico. So we're also going to go to Santa Fe. Ryan Miller is back on the show. He is one of the owners of the Bobcat Inn and his family run that. And it's an Adobe Pueblo style destination in Santa Fe. So go to bobcatin.com. So how are you, Ryan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on the show. Hey, how many Bobcat have you seen? Recently. Actually, we had a bobcat out in front of our 62 short bed that's right on the other side of the uh, parking lot this past weekend. So it was, but it moved quicker than we could get a picture, but it would have been a perfect picture. And uh, it was sitting right next to the short bed and ran to get a camera, my phone or a camera, and it disappeared as quickly as it appeared. So Wow. You know, I, I follow um, the wildlife refuges on Facebook. I, I mean, it's terrible. If you ever get a hold of my phone or anything, you'll just see one Facebook group of and after another of wildlife refuges and uh, Bosque, Bosque del Apache. Am I saying this right, Becky? Because that's yes. not too yes. far it's from Bosque. me, right? It's yeah, the Bosque, Bosque uh, a photographer, she was out there and she got a photo of a mountain lion. Which oh, I thought cool. was how cool is right. that to be yeah. able to see a mountain lion? It because they're so reclusive, you know. It's um, they, they are. You just, I mean, you just they don't want to be seen. They don't want mm -hmm. you. To see them. <laughs> all right, all. yeah. They're just they're always hidden off. And um, you know, Becky, I want to go where you are. I think everyone knows Santa Fe is you know it's an icon of the state and and also a capital city of of New Mexico. But Becky, where you are in Gila. Um, you're near the Gila cliff dwellings, right? And the Gila wilderness is your backyard. It is, absolutely. We're on the western side of the Gila. And um, the fact of the matter is that nobody is near the Gila cliff dwellings because they're an hour and a half north of Silver City. They yeah. are a, a day trip. Um, but all of our guests end up going there at some point, first trip here, second trip here. Everybody goes and sees them. They're, they're great 
things. They're small cliff dwellings and you can walk right through them, which is wonderful. It's actually rare to be able to do that in yes, the cliff dwellings that yes, we've been is. to. That's yeah. a rare, you know, um, yeah, it's in privilege to go and it's a nice walk up. But to me, what blows my mind is like, you go through, there's that, you know, running creek and to learn about how the indigenous people lived and how they lived up there and then farmed even way on the top and then at the bottom. Could you imagine how much work it was to live in those cliff dwellings, how much work they went through? I mean, on a, they were fit, man. <laughs> they were fit. Yes, they were. And thankfully, they didn't have all of the electronics to, you know, interfere with all the work they had to do. Right. They just worked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to say happy birthday to the Cliff Dwellings too. The Gila Cliff Dwellings celebrates 100 years this year and is actually one of the very first national monuments in our country, which is pretty amazing. You know, just yes. that's amazing. Absolutely. Just to think, yeah. So everyone's got to go there. And then when Ryan, in your area, you have Bandelier National Monument behind you, right? That's well, not you in the picture now. That's you're at the end. But <laughs> I'm talking about Bandelier, uh, the National Monument. That's another. I mean, you can go into the dwellings there a little bit. That's a yeah, whole different you, thing. You can actually climb the ladders and go in the dwellings. And uh, we get to hear all the stories about how people, some people sat it out. Some people went and did it. Some people get up halfway and some actually make it up there and they don't know how they're going to make it back down. But they uh, absolutely love Bandelier. Uh, the National Monument is just beautiful and uh, it's definitely worthwhile. They're um, actually going to be doing some construction there very soon, but it should be short lived and uh, back up and opened pretty quickly. So uh, I, I loved it. I actually, well, you know what? You do go up in some of those areas and you do get a little bit, ooh, like, yeah. Yeah, there's a little like, ooh, how did they do this? You know? <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's it's magical, but it it's so ancient. That's what I it, it's just like, wow. And you know. We have a small cliff dwelling um about 20 minutes from here, actually right near the Santa Fe airport. Um, there's another set of uh, cliff dwellings there that uh, aren't quite as extensive as Bandelier, but they're um just outside of town. Are they hmm. accessible? Yes, they're accessible. You can uh, sit down. You can park and go up and walk, walk to them. You can't. You're not. You can't go into them. They're they're fenced off. But it's okay. still so cool that you can go there. You know, if you don't have time to go to Bandelier and don't have a half day or a day to spend going right. to Bandelier, do they have a, a name? Nice quick one. Uh, Poi have... Cliff Dwellings. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yes. they're on the way there. I, we went. We went out there. Yeah. They have a cultural center that's really interesting to go to as well. Yes. If I'm yes. thinking of the same place. Am I thinking the right place? Um I think I believe oh. so. I'm just a there's foggy a cultural today. center. Yeah. Um it's really mm. fascinating. Yeah, the cliff dwellings are, are just beautiful and uh they're just fun to go see how how people did it back then you know if, if we had to do it nowadays i don't think we could ever uh with, with the people we have now in the world i don't think we could do all that they're so soft <laughs> they're soft yeah we're too soft <laughs> but they really lived with nature and that's you know what we're talking about is getting outdoors and i think this is the beauty of the southwest and new mexico is it's not you know get outside and experience the outdoors just get a good jacket it's you know the, like the swiss always say you know just like sweden just have good clothes that's all you need is you know to be warm but right. is bandelier open in the winter 
I was wondering about that. Yeah, yes, it is. They they don't run the um the buses that the shuttles that go to the parking lots, but yes, it is open and you can mm -hmm. go up there. You know, we see less people going up there from our end, you know, but people do go up there because they might only come in the winter. Uh some people love New Mexico in the winter and they just spend time out here. It's uh it's kind of interesting. One one little tidbit here. I see so many Alaska plates in the middle yeah. of winter. And you're thinking, yeah. well, why? Well, because it's freaking freezing where they are Not Alaska <laughs> yeah yeah so we yeah. see a lot of Alaska plates here and we had a lot of people uh in Santa Fe I don't know if you see this Becky that um over winter here in Santa Fe yeah we do we have the same thing down here and we especially have Alaskans too um mm. and a lot of people from Michigan Wisconsin Minnesota as well come down here anyway, we're very fortunate in New Mexico because we really we really are a year-round state. Uh, you can do outside stuff all year long. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the north, you've got the skiing and you still have hiking in the lowlands. And in the south here, southwest, where we don't have the skiing, but we have really pleasant, pleasant weather. Um, generally, daytime temperatures in the 50s, as long as the sun is wow. shining. It's great for being outside. Mm. Just, just great. What about birding in winter? Because I always find that fascinating where we are. Like, you know, you're talking about Wisconsin. We did a Wisconsin winter for a month. And I, yeah, I'd, I'm coming down to you. <laughs> I'm not doing yeah. that again. I don't want to travel. Well, you know, no, like, I, I, like knows. I said, you're looking at 50 degrees during in the 50s during the daytime. It's perfect for that. Yeah. And um, birding is year round is very popular and we have you know we've got summer birds and we've got winter birds and there's two migration periods so by november the birds are done migrating and the winter birds are here usually between november and march and then they'll migrate again and the summer birds will come in and the the best thing new mexico has 549 species of birds wow in the state they have the it's the fourth highest state list in the united states we have a lot of birds. Um, and you had mentioned the Bosque del Apache before and the Sandhill Cranes, where that's their home. And I have a little tidbit on that. Hmm. And um, today, there are 23,000 Sandhill Cranes in the Rio Grande Valley. We even have them down here along the Gila River in the wintertime. We get them. Wow. Um, in, and in 1941, there were only 17 cranes counted at the Bosque. This wow. is at the so Bosque. This is a... Today, wow. there are 17,000 cranes in the wintertime at Bosque del Apache. Is that so because that's... of the conservation efforts? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. freaking amazing. I love it to is. hear stories like that. It you is. know, the wildlife refuges do a lot of good, you know. Um, we used to go to a refuge, um, Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge in Tucson, a very hidden thing. And they did it all for the the bob white, bob quail, the mask bob quail, bob white. Someone's going to, you know, correct me on that. Um, but they, I mean, it's amazing when you go through and all the, you know, the so many people that are birder birders know about these places in, in southern Arizona. But I would highly recommend if you go to Arizona, do the Sonoran Desert and the hummingbirds and all of that, like Madeira Canyon, Chiricahua, go up to you because then you get that other level. Mm -hmm. Like, Ben, you're not, what, yeah. two and a half hours? Three? I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's just a few hours into over into about maybe three hours into Arizona and down in the Chiricahuas. And we get in the wintertime and in the summertime, we get a lot of birders who do both places. They do Southwest New Mexico 
and then they go down into southeastern Arizona. Mm. And um, because the, the birds, we each area has different birds. Yeah, it's a good Especially time of year to do it. Migration, yeah. And Santa Fe, you have uh, amazing birds too. I think, you know, we we went to the, through a whole bunch of different areas like Bandelier and, and it was amazing bird life there. But I believe you also have like an Audubon Center and Nature Preserve that we missed, which, you know, I'm bummed now. We have to go back. So. Yeah, we have the Audubon uh, Preserve. It's right at the end of Canyon Road. Uh, I send a lot of people up there for hikes, uh, especially in the warmer times of the year. It's a nice, easy hike. And uh, the bird and the wildlife is just just phenomenal there you know just off canyon road and um one of the things that uh I, we've noticed in the last i'd say two years is we've been getting a higher amount of birders and um i have people two people in the last year that were here just looking just just focused on the on all the uh i guess chirps or the noise that the birds make and they're able the both these people are able to identify and they were studying ones here so they can identify more here they can identify birds based on their chirps and their noises and i thought wow that's that's very specific and um one of them turned me on to an, an app uh i know it's in the iphone but I, I think it's on the google play store too it's called merlin it's yeah. a thing that you can merlin. actually listen to yeah. you can record a bird's chirp or noises and then it will try to best identify the bird and um I've been telling guests about that because it's a pretty cool app, you know, especially if you don't know what every bird is. I'm not, I'm not the greatest with all the different birds out there. I really appreciate them. I love them. We have two sets of birds here too. We have some birds that stay year round. Um, but um, ever since we've owned the property, we've owned our, the inn here for seven years now. And um, the amount of birds, increase of birds that I, I've seen are just crazy. We're starting to see more hawks, which mm. is really encouraging here. And the hawks are just hanging out uh, in the trees and on the power lines and um, they're hunting right on our property, which is really cool to see. And we never used to see that until just a couple of years ago. That's so, exciting. Uh, and and I really, I think you're right about the Merlin app and listening, uh, you know, all the birders I know, because you're going to hear them before you see them half of the yeah. time with birds. And winter, this is the one thing, winter, when a lot of the leaves are gone off the trees, this is a really good oh, time yeah. of year to bird watch. You can Absolutely. see the birds oh, yeah. a lot more. Um, but we um, use an app called Seek, and that is iNaturalist.org. And we've actually started putting up a map. I can't keep up with all the species <laughs> of everything, but it's through National Geographic. And uh, oh, it's an amazing app where it's citizen science and it could be plants, birds, animals, fungus. And I'm getting into that now. I'm a fungus freak. And I don't know what they are. I won't eat them. I'm not going to smoke anything. Don't worry. But it's like there's some <laughs> magic mushrooms out there. I know, but I'm not touching it. But it is so cool because you put it up and then people go and comment. Oh, you have to figure out, is this this species? So people deliberate on it because sometimes things like certain birds, birds are difficult if they're juvenile. Like somebody had a white, I thought was an egret and it turned out to be a juvenile heron that was white and I'm like what I didn't know that like you know but then people deliberate and they use it for it's citizen science they use it all these um, you know biologists and ecologists and nature centers around the world are using this data to actually know how the populations are doing and you can create your own map you just upload it and so it's cool when you travel two places to learn about these new species even if it's a type of moss or you know you guys have you know all these you know, juniper pines and things like that 
for people to learn these new plants and new animals, new birds, and then be giving back in a way. And as travelers, as we become more about responsibility and responsible travelers, responsible destinations, and also what they're talking about now is regenerative traveler travel. Um, it's something like we as a travelers need to give back to your communities when we come in. And that's a way we can do it. And, and it's exciting to be part of that. Right. And there's another app. Um, or it's not an app, it's a website called ebird.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's run cool. by Cornell. And yeah. um, people that are traveling in New Mexico and anywhere in the United States and probably the world can find um, birding hotspots mm -hmm. by using, by logging into eBird. Um, I know the Casitas, we have a page on eBird. I'm not the best awesome. at keeping it up to date, but we have guests that have that um, will list the birds that they've seen while they're here. So they'll show up on eBird and the Casitas will show up as a hotspot. So that's, that's awesome. another way people can, can see what's, what's in an area at any particular time. And Cornell rocks. They are the, oh, yeah. the birds. Oh, yeah. They are the bird. Awesome. They should just call it like the bird university. Yeah. They so are. I, have a, I have a few more little birding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trivia, okay. So the common black hawk. Um, is the only breeds in New Mexico. It's the no, only place I didn't know that. And generally in the Gila River area. So down in this part, this part of the state, it, it's a bird that is on lots of people's life lists because this is the only place where you can find it. Um, there is another another bird that um, that I think is on people's life list. The um, the rosy finches. There oh yeah, are yeah. Three species of them. And they are um, in the state between late November and early March, which is the winter season for birds. And they, um, all three of them can be seen. There, there are feeders in the parking area near Sandia Crest up um, an hour from Albuquerque. And all three of those birds can be found there at those feeders, wow. which is again, for people that are really, maybe have a life list or trying to find unusual birds, that's another great spot. And we get we get people that always want to come see the the rosies uh, yes. here, and they, they, so they yes. leave here. They go south after they see what they want to see here, and yes. those yes. those birders that have those big lists, and they they, they do you, that's they, a big one. It is, and then there's two red birds that are found in the Gila wilderness, um, the red faced warbler, and I think it's one of the oh, wow. only colored, really colorful warblers. And the painted red start. Both of them are found mm. in the Gila Wilderness area. I we've had painted red starts here at the feeders behind our house. Mm. Um, for our guests, we have we we have bird feeders at each of the casitas that Michael made. Um, cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And um, and in this course in the summer, we have hummingbird feeders, and we keep bird seed on hand for people and encourage them to come and sit with their cameras. Yeah, we they are squirrel proof. I can send you a picture of one of them. But yes, they are squirrel proof feeders and they the squirrels cannot get in them because that was our problem. Okay, and but they're fun to watch getting into the feeders. I love this. <laughs> this I mean, I could watch squirrels all day. <laughs> it gets expensive, though. Oh, yeah, it does it ever. <laughs> 
yes that's really cool that people can do that you know i know like the you know madeira canyon people do that with the hummingbirds and to be able to just sit and watch birds and be relaxed you know have whatever you and you've got casitas so people do their own food and drink and whatever they want to do if they want to get out early in the morning go bird watching yeah so that that's you know a cool thing just you know hit the trails so with snow where you are because you're out in the boonies really and and that to me that's attractive because like I want to be out in the boonies. It's nice and peaceful. It's like what we just talked about in our quality of life magazine was like, you've got to disconnect at times, you know, and, um, but winter, um, tell us about getting to you. Is there any problems with big snow or anything like that? No, I mean, despite my background picture. That okay, melts quickly. <laughs> that, all the snow in that picture by the next day was completely gone yeah. or even later that afternoon it was completely gone because it's never below freezing during the day the sun mm. comes out and boom it's all gone it's melted it'll stay in mm. the mountains but everywhere else it's it's gone so we'll get a few snowfalls a year maybe an inch or two and then they're gone mm. so getting around here and hiking birding and doing all the outdoor stuff in the winter time is it's easy mm. it's easy. So what about for Santa Fe, Ryan? I mean, this is different than Pennsylvania, right? Well, yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. And there yeah. you had snow that would come down in December and you wouldn't see the ground again till April. So uh, no, here the snow is, is pretty similar to what Becky's uh, experience on the hill is. Uh, you know, you get snow, you know, you get six, eight inches of snow. It usually melts by five. Sometimes it sticks around for a couple of days. Uh, one thing that was always, is always, I still get fascinated by is, you know, we get temperatures above freezing most days too during the winter. And, uh, you know, we'll have a few weeks where it's below freezing for a couple of weeks um, here and there. But uh, it just amazes me that snow will stay in places of shade or on north sides of buildings yeah. for the whole, uh, for the whole winter. And, uh, you know, it'll be 60 degrees in March, and then you go and look at the north side of a building and there's a pile of snow there. And that's always kind of amazed me. But I always say, you know, New Mexico is, kind of, is cool. We're, we're a four season state. You can go mm. up north and you can ski. You can go have your lunch in Santa Fe. You can go to um, do something in Albuquerque and you can end up in the Gila by the end of the day. And it's still pretty warm. It's warm. So, you know, you, you could have four seasons right here and never have to leave the state which is so cool. And um, snow usually doesn't stop anybody from uh, from getting anywhere here, unless you're going somewhere first, first thing in the morning and it snowed overnight. But, you know, by noon, it's usually pretty passable. It's everywhere. pretty too. I mean, the and snow and both of your properties with the snow, it's got to be just, just so magical to see. It is. It's you know? beautiful when it snows and then it's beautiful yeah. when it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know that's the that's the beauty of it, you know. Like I did not linger understand around. You don't have Wisconsin. No. Dirty snow in the parking lots. You don't have that dirty snow along the roads. You know, it's just beautiful that it goes away. And or iced over doggy pee. I'm just saying. I learned about that because it really does. I mean, Frank Zappa was right. Watch out where the huskies go. That's really. I learned about that hardcore snow, and I'm like really the southwest i thought oh that's some snow no no up north everybody needs to come and see you because it's just so much it's a it's a magic time um so when you talk about going around what about going up to the state forest uh santa fe national forest uh, that is beautiful all the way up there we saw where the ski area is um but it was summer when we went and we just wanted to hike all day long it's god it's gorgeous it's like suddenly you're in the alpine it's like 
an alpine wonderland, like in your backyard. I mean, it's like 10 minutes from 10, 15 minutes from downtown. So yeah, I mean, it is real close, um, right? And what you see right here behind me is uh, supposedly the southernmost named peak in the Rocky Mountain system. It's called Shaggy oh. Peak. So um, that's part, that's part of the Sanger de Cristos right there. And uh, but you can go up. I mean, and not just skiing. You can snowshoe. There's places to do snow mm. tubing. Um, we there's people that go snowmobiling. If you're you know if you're more into you know, the power sports. So there's, there's tons of stuff. Um, I have friends and guests who go uh, cross country skiing and they love it, but we have this, the standard downhill skiing, just like a lot of parts of the country. And um, the nice thing about Santa Fe is, you know, it's, it's fluffy. It's not like back East where you're ice skiing and you're going down a hill and it's going to be totally ice all the way. It's all powder. It's beautiful. It's like the powder that we're all used to out in the West here. So, wow. um, you know, and we have about nine main ski areas in the state. So um, there's different ski areas for different abilities, different budget levels. Um, some of the ski areas are owned by national uh, organizations and some of the, a lot of them are still owned independently here in the state. So it's kind of nice, uh, nice to see that. Mm. What about horse riding and getting out on a trail? Is there horse riding in, in either of your areas? Yeah, we've got um, we've got a couple of people around here who who do riding. Um, the one we recommend one Wolf Horse Outfitters. He's oh, on, I know him. He was yeah. on our show years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's an Apache Indian, and he's great to go out riding with mm -hmm. because he's got tons of stories and stuff. Yeah, and he does riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it's I rem yeah he was on our show years ago, and I'm like dude we need to turn around and come back to silver city because it, you know the history and he was fascinating in just explaining also the native american culture and yeah. understanding the plants and even talking about how not to always go on the same trail like it, i i really actually got so much a, of an environmental lesson from him yeah, just from understanding the way good. the native in, indigenous people lived and I mean, they coexisted with nature like no other, you know, they really, you know, in, in this country, it, it's amazing to me, but then so horse riding in Santa Fe. The, the, oh, yeah. Santa Fe's, there's just so many ranches here that we have several horseback riding outfits in the area. One, one of the bigger ones called Broken Saddle. And uh, they do, uh, they do an amazing job. And uh, until I moved out here, I was like, well, why, why are you horse riding in the winter? But then I realized how warm it was in the winter and you can horse ride in the winter, you know. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah. So it, it's, and people go out trail riding in the winter. We get people that bring their horses. We're actually about 10 minutes from a bunch of ranches where people will board their horses for a week. They'll come out, they'll do training. They do training all winter long. And some of these places have indoor arenas. Some of them just go out on trails. They have outdoor arenas or outdoor arenas and outdoor trails. And, mm. uh, it's just, you know, that, that amazes me. And, you know, like when you're up on the horse and you're in the bright sun, you probably don't even need much of a jacket. And, wow. uh, that, that's the thing that always amazes me is, you know, you can be out in January here in Santa Fe or February and from like, like 11 till two or three in the afternoon, you don't need a jacket sometimes. Right. Which, no, no, it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, yeah, and, but you right. look up and you look up in the mountains and you're only like two miles away and there's snow in the mountains. It's just uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's always been an interesting fascination of mine in the winter time. So. 
I think oh, it's I think, really I neat going winter, on the trail. Just getting out. Winter in Mexico is wonderful. It really mm -hmm. is. It's the best. And when you see the yuccas, I mean, there's architectural detail from the plants to me in winter. That is a beauty like no other. And I mean, it's, I mean, I just think of like even Silver City going out to Pinos Altos and um, just, is it Pinos Altos or Tres Pinos? Now I'm getting it. Yeah, Pinos Altos, yeah. Oh, okay, I've got it right then. Okay. Um, yeah, Tres Pinos is in Texas. Sorry about that. That's a winery. Funny how I remember wineries. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, but going out um, and seeing the pines, because I think that's something that people also don't expect about New Mexico, you know, you know, it's the same thing, Arizona, we used to really battle of trying to explain to people, there's so much biodiversity, and you will get trees, and you do get shade, and, you know, there are rivers, and in spring, as I recall, like the Gila uh, River will start up, yeah, yeah. At, if you have, and so that's another thing for people to think of, is, you know, that, that shoulder time to go out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, winter down here, winter is over. Um, it's over by March, the beginning of March. Generally, the odds of getting any kind of snow after the beginning of March are slim. The days are getting longer. The, the daytime temperatures are wonderful. March, April, wonderful for being outdoors here. Especially and, for bird yeah, watching. Good birding. Yeah, and, yeah. and wildflowers, depending on where you know, and that can go all the way through June, July, your summers too are, I mean, what I want to just, it's just beautiful people, just go, just go. Yep. <laughs> Ryan, for you, you've got water in your backyard too. Yeah, spring and fall are my favorite in, uh, in New Mexico, and uh, yeah. spring, I love winter, uh, but spring, that especially that early spring and that late fall where you got the crispness in the air, but it's still warm. Um, we do have water, actually, we've had a very fortunate year since about middle of June, We've been getting uh, tons of water. We just had two days straight of rain, which um, we went up to the beginning of June of having the driest year on record. And now we have the wettest year on record, in the, especially in the Santa Fe area. The Santa Fe River is actually rolling right now very nicely. It's not just uh, the trickle that it can be sometimes, um, especially uh, towards this time of year, um, but it is beautiful right now. And um, I don't know about you, Becky, have you been seeing a lot of oh rain this year? We've had, probably have 18 inches since the beginning of June. We have had, we're only halfway through October and we've already had almost four inches this month. It's just, That's I mean, I'm, I'm about done with the rain. So <laughs> I would like the desert to come back a little bit. But the Gila, again, our Gila River is is really flowing. Bear Creek, which is down below us, is really flowing. Oh, Bear Creek is beautiful. At one point this summer, we had it. I've never seen it as high um, as it ran this summer. It was it was just um, phenomenal. There it's great because Southwest time. needs the water. I, you know, it really does. And the Gila River, yeah. that's an that's a that's a lifeblood. The Gila River is important. Yeah. Well, Santa yeah. Fe too. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I won't the other take morning. away. <laughs> the other morning, my mother-in-law came came up to the inn uh, early in the morning, and she's like, "Well, it stopped raining." And we had at that point, we just had got out of seven days worth of rain, almost rained twelve hours out of the day, which is totally atypical, yeah, really unusual for that to yeah. happen in New Mexico. Yeah, and and I said, I said you should be celebrating because this doesn't happen that often. This is an anomaly, a very good anomaly, but um, you know, normally this time of year is pretty dry and uh, we're, we all should be celebrating and dancing outside with this. And uh, the water is just King here in the desert. And uh, that's cool. 
that that's one thing too you you know talking about new mexico is a dry state in that the air is dry the atmosphere is dry for people with breathing problems hiking is a pleasure it's a lot easier than hiking you know in i don't know the appalachians which i love that area but and you know and love hiking but i'll tell you what there's a whole difference when you're out in the southwest there's a, a better breathability it's easier to breathe let's just put it that way i used to live right those. off the appalachian trail um back yep. in pennsylvania yeah and, you know uh, you know what i'm talking about it, i know it exactly what you're talking man. about you get out there in july and august and you're like trying it's like trying to breathe in water yeah, if, if we just had a couple of big storms no, no. Yeah. yeah, but here you can breathe like it's nothing and you can yeah. be 10 miles into a hike. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us again and, and keeping us posted on what's happening in New Mexico. I want to go bird watching. Um, tanagers, you guys get tanagers, right, in the summer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Western, the Scarlet. Yep, absolutely. I, I saw a tanager in um, Bosque del Apache in the summer. Mm -hmm. I think it was yeah. June and I was like wow one thing um also because we talked about bird bird watching I can't leave this without saying your state bird is the roadrunner the roadrunner yeah absolutely <laughs> and neep neep and one of my favorite pieces of public art in the world and I've seen so much public art is in Las Cruces yes, and it's the, the road giant roadrunner yeah. made out of all the old yeah. computers and it was like it's an environmental statement it's all recycled stuff to become art to show just how much stuff that we you know yeah. gather and um it's an icon you've got to go there it's a beautiful rest area too because you can see out over the valley and um all the agricultural fields and everything so um neat neat Ro i miss the, the road runners, runners. They're, they're so fun they're i mean my favorite are the ravens and the road runners yeah, and, the ravens, that's a big deal with yeah. you guys having a ton of crows and ravens. That's the ravens are just so cool. They they're 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 so smart, but they're so dopey at the same time. They're just they're goofy. Goofy is a better word. So yeah. uh the ravens are just cool. But the roadrunners, I always love the roadrunners. We had three that lived on our property for many years, and I don't know if they just carried on or they they got they became uh, food for something but we have three uh, different heights and one was like really tall and then and we call them larry moe and curly and uh they were they were the coolest things and then for about three four years and then they disappeared well this year we're starting to see roadrunners again which we haven't yeah. seen them in like two years yeah. two or they three do, years they do that they come and go i i had yeah. one for a few years that would come up and and peck on my office window while i was working so <laughs> that's cool do you get wild turkeys, Becky, out in your area? Oh, she she froze up there. Hold on. Yeah. A second. Oh, you had, oh, there she is. Okay. Yeah, I've all, yeah, I've also had a bear cub look in my office window. That that did not please me, but. <laughs> oh no! Come on, that's cool. I forgot that's that's right. You guys have bears up in the mountains. That's cool. Do you get them in Santa Fe? Oh yeah, we have um we have bear bear. No, because if there's a bear. Okay. Oops. So we have bear that um, have uh, come down uh, last summer. We had more bear, more wildlife than ever. Um, I'm not quite sure why, because it was a reasonably moist summer. Um, but fires? we had some bear that got into um, some chicken pens in the, uh, in the neighborhood. But that's not normal for where we're at here in Santa Fe. But um, but they were they came down. A mom and her cub came down too. So, but mm. I bet Becky sees a lot more bear than we do. Well, in, in our office, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, we, we don't. I mean, generally, um, the only time we have bear around is if there's a fire in the Gila and they're kind of pushed out of their area and then we'll see them. But this was just this was a mama. She had a couple of cubs. 
and you know they raided the trash cans and it was you know we chased them up the creek and Michael chased them up the creek and by the time he got back to the house they were back in the pickup truck you know it was <laughs> one of those things but we we did end up having them relocated mm-hmm. um, because it's dangerous it's it's dangerous mm-hmm. to have a mama mm-hmm. around. we we've had a Let's... lot of coyote in our area this year um, I mean we always have coyote we always hear coyote all year long but this year we've had coyote right on our property and this is the first cool. year we've seen coyote right here and That's cool. uh, but they were menacing our, our, our fenced in areas where we have, where we let our dogs run. And, uh, but the coyote, they, you know, they're kind of creepy, cool animals. Uh, you know, they're you the tricksters. The What's they're that? The, they're the trickster animal. Oh, and then they stare at you like they're going to just, they're reading your soul. And it's like, yeah. wow. You know, that's the closest to wolves, right? And, you know, yeah. think about New Mexico. I mean, the wolves used to run, you know, in your backyards, you know? And uh, I know there's a there's a wolf sanctuary out, and I think it's Candy Kitchen, New Mexico. Oh, you said Candy Kitchen? Candy Kitchen, New Mexico. Correct Ah. me if I'm wrong there, Becky. I I don't know. There's I think there's one down here as well somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not really too sure if that woman is doing it anymore. There hasn't Mm -hmm. been. I have not heard or seen anything about her for quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. She may have. So there's an amazing property right near us. It's about five minutes away from us. It's now housed as a nonprofit, but it was the Ernest Thompson Seton Estate. And um, he's one of the founders of the Audubon Society and founders of the Boy Scouts and everything. But he was actually uh, called out to New Mexico many years ago by ranchers to get rid of the wolves. And he turned, he was one of those hunters turned conservators and he started all this amazing all these amazing organizations, the Audubon Society, the Boy Scouts. Um, there was one lesser known Boy Scout version of the Boy Scouts, the Woodchuck Society. Mm-hmm. And um, he started these for conservation reasons to keep wolves. And um, he only killed one wolf and he felt horrible for it. So that's why he made it his life's mission to do that. And that that castle, the ruins from the castle are five minutes from here. And uh, it's kind of neat. And the, our property used to be part of his of his property going back many, many years ago. Wow. And, um, it was uh, he. So he did this and then he he really pushed conservator conservatorship across uh, the West, the southwest. And um real and with mostly wolves but other other animals and he he was an artist too they have they house all of his collection of our of all the wildlife he did a lot of wildlife um photography Mm -hmm. not photography a wild wildlife drawing that would have been a little too early for that yeah like john uh, audubon did that too i mean really good and i think you know we're talking about birding there's like the sibley's guide to me is still one of the the bibles of of birding but and you think where becky is um that's aldo leopold region yeah. i mean and that's who started the wilderness i mean that's yeah. how you yeah. ended up with the wilderness area too so, yeah. Yeah. yeah you got matt and the, teddy roosevelt gila cliff dwellings came because of yeah. teddy roosevelt too i mean talk about the hunter turning into you know a steward of the land yeah um same, he was same one of the last of the great white hunter kind of thing you know but um and, and, and also Mexico, yeah geronimo's geronimo's birthplace is up mm-hmm. by the gila cliff dwellings as well it is it is yeah. And well, the whole, I mean, the history of Geronimo through that whole region and like into Chiricahua and the stronghold, Cochise uh, stronghold, yeah. all the way. 
I mean, the, the history is, I get goosebumps over the history that your area has, and you can't talk about the history without the nature, and you can't talk about the nature without the history. Right. They're one, you know, they really are. So it's it's amazing. Well, everyone, you just got to go to the land of enchantment. And when you stay to bed and breakfast, like you're hearing that everyone knows about their terrain, they know their area and can hook you up with what you should see and do. So go to casitasdehila.com, and that's G-I-L-A, so casitas dehila.com also bobcatin.com for santa fe but the best website too for all the new mexico uh, bed and breakfast association bnbs you can go to nmbba.org and when you go on the website which is really cool you can go by you know look at the map you can look at the type of place you want to go to uh you can look at by distance it's it's really cool so uh definitely that website is a good tool to have when you're planning your trip to new mexico whether you're driving through or staying and if you go, plan a month. <laughs> Just plan a month. There's a lot to see and do, and you'll still never see it all in a month for sure. So go check it out. And of course, stay tuned with us here at BigBlendRadio.com. Uh, every second Thursday, we talk about New Mexico. Thank you both for joining us. Oh, thank you, Lisa, for having us. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. Good to see you again, Becky. Good to see you too, Ryan. Yep. Gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.